Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season is back at MyBookie, and they're offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP, to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an advantage over the sports book with the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, or any other betting action? Well, you need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to BetQL.co and enter the code SGP20 for a 20% off discount on your first subscription. That's BetQL.co and the promo code SGP20. We're also brought to you by Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code SGP20. And we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Finally, don't forget to sign up for the Free Roll Football Contest, where we're giving away up to $5,000 for the best NFL handicappers this season. Sign up for free today. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash contest. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash contest. Football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Time to flip that calendar to the month of October, or as we like to say on Three Dog Thursday, it is October to get all of the underdogs locked and loaded for another edition of the show. Welcome in, however you found us, wherever you found us. Thank you for finding the audio version of the podcast here known as Three Dog Thursday, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, social media link, sports gambling podcast, network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you for doing that. And make sure that you're subscribed on one of those podcast outlets as well. Perhaps you have found us through the YouTube video versions of the show and some of the segments of the show, our roundtable. We've got more YouTube guests coming up uh, here on the audio version of the podcast. So again, if you're only hearing us, find us on YouTube. Search through Three Dog Thursday. Comes right up on YouTube. You'll find the videos of the show. See what I look like. See what some of the guests look like on the on the roundtable. All the underdog predictions on YouTube. Uh, and again, uh, we encourage you to subscribe there as well because whenever the new YouTube videos go up, ding, you get it automatically just like the audio podcast right here. And again, many thanks to the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of you that have been finding us now that it is football season in August and September. What we do here is come up with underdogs, the little guy, the guy that's not supposed to win, the guy that's given no chance, usually on the road. They're supposed to be fodder for the home team. But man, oh man, the underdogs, they were delivering last week. And on this very podcast and show, we gave you not one, not two, 
How about six different underdogs? In fact, our senior handicapper, Brian Edwards, of BrianEdwardsSports.com and Vegas Insider, he will be with me in a few minutes. He gave you three of them himself as part of Three Dog Thursday. Mississippi State with the outright win at LSU. The SEC opened up its season last weekend. And was there any bigger story in college football than Mike Leach and and that new offense, the air raid offense, coming into Mississippi State and K.J. Costello, the quarterback from Stanford that transferred in through for an SEC record, what, 625, 687, 793 million. I don't know how many yards it was, but it was a record. And LSU still has their tongues hanging out. Can't figure out what hit them as the Bulldogs came into Tiger Stadium. Yes, there were not 92,000 there, but guess what? None of the stadiums are going to be full, it looks like, for the whole SEC season. At best, they might get 50% of fans. But it wouldn't have mattered, I don't think. Uh, You could make the argument about not being able to hear, but I don't think it would have mattered because Costello was slinging it all on LSU's depleted defense uh, due to uh, graduation and guys going to the NFL. Uh, COVID opt-outs, LSU's not the same team, and Mississippi State put it on them. So anyway, Brian told you, watch out for the Bulldogs, and hit a home run, hit a grand slam to mix metaphors with Mississippi State winning the game outright. Well, then he turned around and had a a perfect uh, duo on Sunday in the NFL. Yes, the game ended in a tie, but he was all over Joe Burrow and the Bengals at Philadelphia for Three Dog Thursday purposes. And also came up with the Green Bay Packers and their outright win in the Superdome on Sunday Night Football against the Saints. Uh, Is this the part of the show where the host, who's part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers radio broadcast, tried to say after one game where the Saints beat the Buccaneers that one game does not your season make in a 16-game schedule? And now what a difference three weeks later. Now you got everybody writing the Saints off after two losses. And the Buccaneers have won a couple of games, albeit against bad teams, the Carolina Panthers and the Denver Broncos. But the Bucs have righted the ship and they're in first place. you got to let this go to October, go to November, before you start making judgments on who's really good and who's going to contend for the Lombardi Trophy, folks. So anyway, Brian had Mississippi State. He had the Bengals. And he also uh, came up large with the Green Bay Packers. I uh, came away with a couple of different Uh, underdogs. I had the Miami Dolphins last Thursday night. Thank you. Easy win at Jacksonville. I saw that one coming and said the Dolphins would win outright. Better coaching staff, uh, probably better talent at least on the defensive side of the ball for them versus the depleted Jacksonville team. So we got that underdog correct. And then I came strong with Kansas City. Still could not figure out how the defending champs were an underdog at Baltimore. I know they're giving the, the Ravens the three for the home field advantage. But at best, I thought that should have been a pick'em game. Easily taking uh, Kansas City, Chiefs Kingdom, there on Monday night for the win. So that was two pro underdogs for me. And then my guests on the roundtable, JT the Brick, his Raiders did not come through against the Patriots, but he didn't have the Raiders. He had the Minnesota Vikings, and so too did Jonathan Grella. He, he wasn't going with his Jets, and he was smart not to go with his Jets, as bad as they have been. Uh, man, does it look like they're swimming with Shamu right now at SeaWorld, the Jets? Thursday night football is the 0-3 Broncos and the 0-3 Jets. Is Adam Gase going to be the coach of the New York Jets Saturday morning? If they lose that game Thursday night, is he is he still the coach Friday afternoon, Saturday morning? Is he the coach next week in New York? Especially if they looked awful on Thursday night and lose to an 0-3 Denver team at home? 
Denver is bad, too, by the way. Vic Fangio's team banged up. No Drew Locke. Uh, Cortland Sutton out for the year. Von Miller out for the year. Bad, bad Broncos team. Bad Thursday night game. We, we will not dwell a lot on that on the show. But anyway, Grella and JT were all over the Vikings, who did cover, although they lost by one on the last second field goal, uh, uh, there by Steven Goskowski, who's now won two games for the Titans. But lo and behold, they get the underdog win, so that means not one, not two, six correct underdogs off of this show last week. This is why you want to listen. Lo and behold, though, the Titans, COVID-19 outbreak for them, even in victory in Minnesota. So now at the time that we're taping, we're not sure when will the Titans game with the Steelers be played. It is not going to be played on Sunday. They may give it until Monday night for this to be played. It might be played on Tuesday. The NFL is going to play the game. And they might buy the extra 36 to 48 hours here to play it on Tuesday night and have a shortened week, obviously, for, at that point, the Steelers and the Titans. But that may be what they have to do. They don't have a common bye week down the road. you got to find a way to play this. And maybe if it's delayed until Monday night, uh, the Titans will be able to field who they can field on the roster and get it contained. Uh, the, the Vikings are being tested after being uh, exposed last week. And they're supposed to play the Houston Texans for this weekend. At the time that I'm talking to you and taping this for Three Dog Thursday to be released on Thursday morning, nothing new on that game being postponed. Fluid situation, and you got to be ready for this, with players, staff members, coaches, and the constant COVID testing. It was the, the COVID testing after the game on Sunday where the Titans players came up positive. And the Steelers obviously have to be aware of this. The Vikings have to be aware of this from having played the Titans. So... There's the situation with that. So plenty to talk about uh, here on the show. Plenty of guests. I'm stoked because my Tampa Bay Lightning have captured, I live here in West Central Florida in the Tampa Bay area, northern suburbs of Tampa. The Lightning have captured hockey's holy grail, the Stanley Cup, for the second time in franchise history, beating the Dallas Stars back on Monday night of this week. In the bubble in Edmonton, a 70-day odyssey has crowned an NHL champion. They resumed the season in Toronto and Edmonton in two different bubbles. They concluded the Stanley Cup playoffs in Edmonton with the Lightning beating the Dallas Stars in six games to clinch the title and bring the Cup back home to Tampa. On Wednesday night, they had a parade with a with a boat parade with a flotilla of boats and the Cup on it in the hands of Captain Steven Stamkos and the playoff MVP, Victor Hedman. So lots of hockey, lots of Thrills for the Tampa Bay fans watching on TV. We'll talk more about this later in the podcast with Lightning Insider Eric Erlinson. He does a great job with his lightninginsider.com website, with his own podcast, The Lightning Insider. Who better to talk and tell stories about what the Lightning were able to do as hockey has now successfully resumed and played out its entire playoffs, and it's the most recognizable trophy in all of team sports in North America. I mean, I know the Lombardi Trophy is coveted for the NFL, but the Stanley Cup, your name goes on it. And they've been playing for the Stanley Cup longer than the Lombardi Super Bowl Trophy. It's incredibly prestigious. The Lightning won it. And so I'll talk more with Eric Erlinson about it later on in the show. want to tell you, too, that Charles Davis will be here from the NFL coverage on CBS Sports on CBS TV. He will work the upcoming Chargers-Buccaneers game in Tampa, everything revolving around Tampa right now. The Lightning have a Stanley Cup. The Bucs with Tom Brady have won a couple of games. So Charles Davis, who's now working with Ian Eagle over on CBS after, after a 15-year run on Fox Sports, Charles jumped to CBS on the top team. 
uh, with that network. And so he's working Chargers, who are trying to figure out who the quarterback is, against my Buccaneers, whose defense is rounded into form, and the offense began to click more last week. We'll get Charles's thoughts on all of this. And the, uh, the interview with Charles is also part of the YouTube video roundtable. You'll be able to find it there. Go to the YouTube page again for Three Dog Thursday and see that interview. And then speaking of the roundtables, we got one more uh, set of guests, and that will be Colby Dant from our friends at the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows. Colby's show is the college experience. I mean, they are on it. Uh, he and his colleagues talking nonstop college spreads, games, picks, all of it. So uh, Colby will be here as part of the video roundtable making college football underdog predictions. And my man Deshaun Tate, Tate's take, uh, Hoops, will be here to talk NBA Finals, Lakers, Miami Heat. What kind of chance do the Miami Heat have? Brian Edwards will also have some thoughts here in a few minutes on the Lakers and the Heat. NBA Finals again beginning Wednesday night at the time that I'm taping right now. I don't know the result. Our guests don't know the results of Game 1. Again, I say one game does not a seven-game series make. The Heat could win game one uh, and then and then watch the, the Lakers go ahead and thump them. The Lightning lost game one to the Dallas Stars, by the way, in the Stanley Cup playoffs and then won four of the next five to clinch and win the Cup. One game does not the seven-game series make in game one. But anyway, they'll play Friday night. They'll play Sunday night as well after the podcast is debuted. What kind of chance do they have? So Deshaun Tate will be on the video roundtable on YouTube with Colby Dant. Deshaun with Tate's Take, the podcast. Look forward to talking with him about Lakers heat and all of the different angles here. The death of Kobe Bryant. LeBron having played previously in Miami. Uh, you know, I can tell you, I'm going to say it to these guys on the roundtable coming up. I was in South Florida this weekend doing national radio coverage on Compass Media Networks for the Miami Hurricanes beatdown of the Florida State Seminoles. Man, was that a butt kicking. They, there was no tomahawk chop. There was no pork chop. There was no other chop from Florida State. They were uh, cooked, destroyed. And in South Florida, they were not just talking about resurgence of Miami Hurricanes. They were not just talking about the Dolphins opening win, but they were talking about the Miami Heat and a chance to get at LeBron, who left them after winning the championships, uh, got out of his contract, went back to Cleveland, won a title there. Now he's in L.A. with the Lakers. The Lakers and the Heat. Seven-game series in in the Orlando bubble at Walt Disney World in Orlando to decide the NBA championship. Four months delayed before they got things back underway in uh, in late July with the finish to their regular season and then into the postseason. What will happen there? We'll get thoughts on it from all of our guests. All right, time to get to it. Again, Brian Edwards is straight ahead. Lightning, Stanley Cup win with Eric Erlinson. Charles Davis of CBS Sports. Man, are we jam-packed. Roundtable with Colby Dant of the College Experience Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows, along with Deshaun Tate, Tate's Take, the podcast, talking plenty of college and NBA hoops, whatever the college is going on, but we got the NBA going on right now. I look forward to all of my guests being with me. Let's get started. Let's get rolling here as the underdogs will be flowing on the show let's go yes i can i can even smell and see the smoke coming off the picks of brian edwards from last week and he is back and ready to continue the role as it is locktober we have flipped the calendar on three dog thursday to october 1st so it does mean that we joke around and call it locktober and here he is from brian edwardsports.com and vegas insider our senior handicapper here on three dog thursday brian edwards back with us great job last week including three underdog hits off this show we fool around we have fun with the picks 
But man, if they were listening to you, they could make some serious money off the likes of Mississippi State, the Bengals, the Packers that you had for underdogs last week. Well done, my friend. Welcome. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I'm glad to be here. How are you, my man? Uh, we are good. We should say that the audience that has been with us all through the pandemic, through the summer, once the lines came out for college football and the SEC schedule was set, and that was easily, Brian, like six weeks ago, right? In like August, late August, we kept looking at that Mississippi State LSU line and saying it's too big. Now, I didn't take the plunge with you, but you took the plunge, and you got a Bulldogs outright upset win over LSU, getting the 16 or the 16 and a half. Uh, what, a, what a job by Mike Leach in the debut. Holy smokes. And K.J. Costello, the transfer quarterback, throws for 600-plus yards. Incredible. Unbelievable. First start in the SEC, sets the all-time record um and uh you know leach could not have scripted it any better um that made that makes him now 19 and 6 against the spread with seven outright wins in his last 26 as a double digit underdog and you know when when stingley when we found out saturday morning that stingley was going to be out and i think we could say stingley's probably one of the top five players in america the lsu cover corner who was the second team all americans a true freshman last year when he was out I started to think, yeah, you know, they might win this game outright. I did not take them on the money line for the game, but I did just sneak in a little small taste of plus 290 on the money line in the first quarter, which cashed for me. Um, and I tell you, with A&M looking like garbage uh, against Vandy, a very, very shorthanded Vandy team, and with LSU looking bad, uh, and really if you watch the game or you look at the box score, Kentucky really outplayed Auburn, uh, got a, had a controversial call go against it and had some critical turnovers. But, um, I, I, you know, it's obviously an overreaction. It's one game sample size. But I don't know that Mississippi State can't be the second-best team in the West this year. Listen to that with, the, with the, the pirate, the mad scientist Mike Leach only having been there for one game. I mean, one thing's for sure. Uh, at least for one week, he shut a lot of people up that said that offense would never work in the SEC and what he's doing at Texas Tech and what he's doing at Washington State. It certainly did. I know LSU is not LSU. They're a bit depleted. Uh, I, by the way, I've been preaching since January that they were going to lose a lot of guys, and this is even before the pandemic and COVID, and they might not be the same team, and they didn't look like the same team. It's a weird year. Uh, so Mississippi State got the win uh, obviously in that one one interesting nugget Brian Edwards feel free to snatch this because I saw this somewhere leading into our discussion on three dog Thursday did you know that Mike Leach did this a previous time in 2009 under the same circumstance of beating a team on the road as a double digit underdog it was at Texas Tech. They beat Nebraska. I believe I have the year correct. 2009, they beat Nebraska, who was still then in the Big 12, as a double-digit underdog on the road. The next week, they were then a, a huge favorite at home, Texas Tech, with Texas A&M. And that Texas A&M was pre-Johnny Manziel in 2009. It was not him. But Mississippi State, uh, I'm sorry, Texas Tech lost the game with Leach outright the next week. So now we fast forward 11 years. They win as a double-digit underdog at LSU. They're now an 18-point favorite at home with Arkansas. I am not dare suggesting taking the Hogs to win the game, 
but might we pay a little attention to plus 18 now that we know that scenario, or do you think maybe that's just a coincidence and we shouldn't make a lot of those numbers? What do you think, just real quick, now that I laid it out? Well, you know, I I, I didn't really get to watch a ton of, of Arkansas and, and Georgia. I, I was really dialed in on the, uh, the LSU-Mississippi State game. But, um, you know, obviously Arkansas played them tough. But, you know, Georgia was starting a, a redshirt freshman his first start. Um, I just don't know that I've seen enough out of Arkansas to back them, but certainly we can we can say with uh, with total confidence that before last week's result, this number um, probably would not have been this high. Um, but if, if that you know does that make you think there's value with Arkansas? Right. Um, I don't know. We'll see. And I'm again, and, and again, will they have a little letdown because they're supposed to beat Arkansas? It's their home opener. We'll find out for Mississippi State. That is a night game uh, that is coming up. Uh, by the way, I saw the Miami Hurricanes just annihilate Florida State, which I know breaks Brian Edwards' heart, being the Gator that he is, uh, joining us on Three Dog Thursday. They look good. They have a week off. They're in the AP Top 10. They will play Godzilla Clemson in their next contest coming in two weekends. So stand by for that. So a little a little bit of last weekend. Let's look ahead for Three Dog Thursday purposes now for this weekend and what you might like and what I might like. And I, I get the sneaking suspicion you might like a Friday night sample before we get to the Saturday onslaught, sir. What are you thinking? Yeah, so I, I'm going to go with Louisiana Tech uh, plus 24. It, it was 23 and a half early in the week, and it dipped down to 23. It's back up to 24, and I even see DraftKings uh, has got a 24 and a half. Now, BYU has been impressive, just smashing Troy and uh, smashing Navy, uh, but I, I don't think that those teams are as good as La Tech. And, and by the way, Louisiana Tech, 15-6-1 against the spread with six outright wins in its last 22 as a road underdog going back to 2014, whereas under Kalani Sataki as a home favorite, BYU, uh, 17 games, only 7-10 and 10 against the spread. You know, it's so hard to come uh, upon the, you know, accurate uh, COVID intel with guys right. out and whatnot. But we are quite a few weeks away from La Tech having all those guys out. that We have with 20 players out in their too deep rotation and yet they still rallied and, and beat Southern Miss. So I, I would just, I'm just guessing that they've, um, you know, they, they've got most of those guys back or a good chunk of them. And, and since then they, they beat Houston Baptist 66 to 38, but um, Houston Baptist played Texas tech to a 35, 33 game. And this quarterback Houston Baptist has is a big time uh, quarterback. And so we saw the red Raiders, uh, you know, it took some Sam Ellinger magic uh, for Texas, you know, a top 10 team to get out of Lubbock alive. So, I mean, I know that's just kind of doing some college football math, you know, with this opponent, this opponent. But um, I think La Tech catching the 24. 
Oh, that's a bunch of points, and they've been good at covering big numbers like that, so I'll go with the Bulldogs. And Skip Holtz has pulled some upsets either at Louisiana Tech or even previously uh, with USF and before that at East Carolina. We'll see if they can get up. Again, BYU looked very good. There wasn't much late-night football on last Saturday night, but BYU hammering Troy was one of the games that was on. This game, again, a Friday night game in Provo with the altitude in Utah. We'll see what happens in that one. All right, so you referenced Texas Tech, and I'm eyeballing that game with Kansas State for Three Dog Thursday purposes that's coming on Saturday in Manhattan. Uh, That one, a 3.30 Eastern time, 2.30 local time game. K-State off the huge rally to upset Oklahoma. Will they have a letdown? Speaking of letdowns, Texas Tech up 15. Brian Edwards with about four minutes to go. Allowed Texas to tie them and then beat them on a touchdown in overtime. I, th- I think that the, the Red Raiders can obviously score. Which Kansas State team shows up? They gave up a ton of pass yards uh, to Arkansas State in the opening game. You mentioned they've had some coronavirus uh, issues with players out. They they gave up a lot of yards and points to Oklahoma but still won the game. I'm going to take Texas Tech to maybe win this game outright on a late, on a letdown game for the Wildcats in Manhattan Give me Texas Tech plus the two and a half. Interesting in that one for Three Dog Thursday purposes. I, I will stick around in the Big 12. And, and again, you may have more information than us when I'm making this pick midweek about who's got uh, COVID-19 stuff. We may find that out Saturday morning, right, Brian? If there's more uh, players that crop up that can't play. I mean, like Justin Fuente at Virginia Tech, they kept it hidden all the way almost until an hour before the game that they had like 20 guys that were unable to play in their game last week. Yeah, and I that was you know my lean of of, of games that I I didn't play just because I was worried about that was Virginia Tech, and yet they still uh, in not not having him and Hooker, and they still uh, handed out a beatdown. So I hate that I did had not gotten on that. But when I heard that news uh, pregame, I, I was kind of glad I hadn't. Um, and look, you know, certainly K State is in the vintage uh, letdown scenario. Let's see what they do after. Uh, they beat Oklahoma last year. Uh, well, they they were in a letdown situation at Kansas and won thirty eight to ten as a five point favorite, but that's okay. Kansas. So, right. um, just yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. And you know, K State's had some COVID yep. uh, absences, and maybe they'll be getting guys back here. But it's just just so hard to know. We we just don't know. That's very true. All right, one more college game that I like. Uh, Brian Brian likes the one college game on the Friday night. I like Boston College here with North Carolina. Uh, BC playing at home. I know they struggled, speaking of comebacks, and had to come back and beat Texas State uh, out of the Sun Belt at home, but they rallied and did that with the Purdue, with the uh, Notre Dame transfer quarterback. Um, they, they were impressive at Duke in their opener. I had North Carolina and Syracuse on national radio in the opening weekend for the ACC in Chapel Hill, Sam Howell and that offense had to wait all the way until the second half to get going. It was a seven, six game in the third quarter. They got going in the fourth quarter and wore Syracuse down. They also, uh, the, the North Carolina Tar Heels, um, in this one, uh, have to go on the road here to Chestnut Hill. Uh, North Carolina has also 
uh, since that uh, since that Syracuse game had their game with Charlotte canceled. So North Carolina has only played one game and hasn't played for three weeks here. The game in the Boston area in Chestnut Hill, and I'm getting 14 points. I don't know that BC will win, Brian Edwards, but I think they keep it close, and I will take the 14. Howell is a dark horse Heisman candidate, as you've been touting, but I saw enough of the struggles in their first game. BC has played more recently a game last week, and they're playing at home. I'm going to take the 14 points there for Three Dog Thursday purposes for this weekend. You're kind of talking me into that, too. Because, <laughs> uh, and Phil Steele's you know, uh, ACC unit rankings, uh, he had Boston College with the number one O-line in the ACC, and he had North Carolina with the number 10 D-line, and uh, look, that Texas State, State team is pretty feisty. They've, they've had some good performances this year, um, so I don't know that there was a, a whole lot of shame. I mean, they did come back and win, um, so I I, uh, I don't disagree with you there uh, in looking at BC as a 14-point home dog. And it's Phil Jerkovic, who is the quarterback, the transfer from Notre Dame, who's played well in both of their wins. Let's see what happens in the duel with Sam Howe. North Carolina can run it, too. A couple of excellent running backs. That is an afternoon game on Saturday for Three Dog Thursday purposes. All right, we got plenty more to discuss all throughout the podcast. Football, NBA. Give me a quick NBA take, by the way. We'll be talking some NBA a little bit later on as well before you come back and talk NFL. You've got the stage right now. Miami Heat, L.A. Lakers, best of seven in the Orlando bubble. At the time we're taping, they're playing game one on Wednesday. We don't know that result as the podcast is released, but obviously there's a Friday night game, too a Sunday night game three give me a little forecast here and and how tasty are the Miami Heat as an underdog here with the Lakers well they're 12 and three both straight up and against the spread in 15 postseason games going into game one of the finals I think they're the better team I mean the Lakers have the two best players but uh Miami's got better depth uh they're a better three-point shooting team and in terms of primary defenders on LeBron uh, the trio of Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala, and Jimmy Butler is a, about as good a trio as you can find on one team. Crowder certainly has the, the size and strength. I'm not saying he's got as much or more than LeBron, but, I mean, Crowder's a, a big boy. He can move the way uh, LeBron does. And, and you know, I, I just think in terms of three defenders, uh, to rotate on LeBron, Iguodala, Jimmy Butler, and Jay Crowder, as good as you're going to get. Goran Dragic and Duncan Robinson uh, shooting the three. And then there's the rookie, Tyler Hero. Uh, no rookie has won NBA Finals MVP since Magic Johnson in 1980. Uh, just for giggles, I put a 20 spot on Hero at 35 mm. to 1 odds mm. to win 700. And I also put a 20 spot on Goran Dragic. Uh, 20, uh, 21, 20 to 1 odds, 20 to 1, 400, just for giggles. We'll see what happens. I like the Heat to win six. I've been saying that for a couple weeks, and I'm sticking to it. Wow, the Heat to upset the Lakers. And again, Magic is the only finals MVP as a rookie. He was a 20-year-old 40 years ago, Brian Edwards, the 1980 NBA Finals. Can that be right? That can't be right. That was 40, 40, 40 years ago. 40 42 points that memory serves at yeah. the old spectrum in Philly with Kareem out. He played 
center. Center, he game. did, and he, and he also uh, had double-figure rebounds and I think like eight or nine assists in the uh, in the clinching game to clinch the MVP. Incredible. And let's see what the Heat can do. Again, you've got the whole backdrop that LeBron brought championships to Miami. I was in South Florida briefly this past weekend for that Miami-Florida State football game. They're pumped about the Heat. They were eliminating the Celtics. They're watching. Uh, you can't get in the Orlando bubble, even though it's up I-95 to get to Orlando from Miami. But they're watching, and they're amped, and they want some revenge on LeBron for leaving the Heat after winning a couple of titles. Uh, to go to Cleveland and now to L.A. Let's see what happens with the NBA Finals and more on the Finals coming up. Brian Edwards, stand by. We're coming back to you late in the podcast to clinch us, to close us out and talk NFL underdogs and more of that. Stand by as Three Dog Thursday rolls on. We've got much more on the way. Still to come, some Lightning hockey and their Stanley Cup win. Eric Erlinson, the Lightning Insider, lightninginsider.com, the Lightning Insider podcast. He will be on the video from YouTube and on the audio of this podcast here as part of Three Dog Thursday to talk all about it. Charles Davis of the NFL on CBS working Buccaneers, Chargers, Uh, will be on the show coming up. And also our video roundtable from YouTube, also on this audio podcast, Colby Dant, Deshaun Tate, talking college football, NBA Finals, and much more. All of that on the way. First, though, let's talk about our friends at MyBookie.ag. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know the NFL is back, and now we have the NBA Finals going on as well. It means only one thing, winning season at MyBookie. And whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, MyBookie is your best bet right now this fall. And they've got a $100,000 super contest going on for just a $10 entry fee. And they're giving away $5,000 in cash prizes every four weeks. You'd be crazy not to invest in this kind of opportunity through mybookie.ag. Just use our promo code SGP and get a 100% deposit match for your initial deposit with mybookie. All the way up to $1,000. That means you put $100 in, they'll match it with $100. $500, they'll match it with $500 as well. All the way up to $1,000, no matter if we're talking NFL, college football, NBA Finals, Major League Baseball playoffs that are here now. They've got it all at mybookie.ag. Deposit bonus match available for first-time users with the promo code SGP. That's mybookie.ag, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by BetQL. If you want to get an advantage over your sports book with the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball back in action, you need to download this app, BetQL. It's the only app you need to make smart bets this season. And they've got some great algorithms, a best bet algorithm that has thousands of data points to give you the top information and the best recommendation on what to wager on. Uh, Whether you're talking about the NBA games, whether you're talking about the UFC pay-per-view this weekend, whether you're talking about the fights that we're talking about on Big Fight Weekend, you go to BetQL, you pick from all of the different uh, data points and recommendations. They're giving you great info, great sharp data to help you make the bet. You can even see where most of the betting public is betting if you want to go the opposite direction. And with BetQL, if you live in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Colorado, or West Virginia, you can claim an exclusive offer from sportsbooks and use BetQL's data to make the right bets. Again, if you're in Jersey, 
Pennsylvania, Indiana, Colorado, West Virginia, a special offer awaits you with BetQL. Go to the Apple Store, go to the Google Play Store, download it, enter the promo code SGP, by the way, and you get 20% off your initial subscription. So even more incentive for BetQL. Remember the promo code is SGP20 and take 20% off with BetQL. And if you've ever thought of owning your own sportsbook but you didn't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start it up. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They've got top-notch customer service going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry, and plus... Ace Per Head also has live betting and a great mobile experience. You can get started today. Ace is offering six weeks free, by the way. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP to find out more. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. All right, as promised, I am in the bag for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Notice the hat if you're seeing us on the video coverage here of Three Dog Thursday on the YouTube page. I've got the 04 Stanley Cup at. I've got a Vincent LeCavalier. He was the captain in 04. Bobblehead doll over the shoulder for this segment. So, again, if you're only hearing us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Come find the video on the Three Dog Thursday YouTube page, and you can see how much I'm in the bag for the Stanley Cup champion 2020 Tampa Bay Lightning. And who better to help me talk about this than my buddy with the Lightning Insider podcast, lightninginsider.com. The Lightning Insider is Eric Erlinson uh, with me on Three Dog Thursday. I bow to you. <laughs> I bow to the coverage of the Tampa Bay Lightning the Holy Grail has come back to our area, my friend. How are you? Uh, I am good. I, I finally got some sleep. It was, uh, I can't even call it a late night after Monday because it never ended. It's, uh, I never <laughs> went to sleep on Monday. I, I have the Fitbit tracker. I think it tracked me for a total of about an hour and a half's worth of sleep with the naps that I got on my couch at uh, some point. At, I don't even know what time it was on Monday that I kind of dozed off, but uh, it, was, uh, it was something to witness. It was something crazy to see, and, and certainly in this area with um, you know, this crazy 2020 that we're on. Uh, boy, it was, it was really a, something really good to latch on to. I have joked with you off the air that there would be a point in time when you didn't know what day it is. You're referencing <laughs> Monday as a day that you didn't get any sleep. You were talking yeah. about Tuesday and yeah. Wednesday, somewhere around there. So you're there, my friend. You're in the yeah. never lever night. But this is a good thing. And as we show the audience why this is a good thing is because, lo and behold, look right here on lightninginsider.com. There it is for the audience seeing us on the YouTube page. Captain Steven Stamkos hosting up that Stanley Cup in Edmonton as the Lightning eliminated the Dallas Stars um, back uh, now on Tuesday night by virtue of – or on Monday night. I'm even confusing myself. By virtue on Monday night. You confused night, yourself by telling uh, you what day it is. Yeah, on Monday night by virtue of a 2 nothing win. Second ever Stanley Cup title. And you're writing about it on your website, lightninginsider.com. Right there, we want to get as many plugs in as possible. We're plugging and plugging and plugging some more. So there it is. There's the story. Um, again, uh, Eric, put this in perspective, uh, a bizarre resumption of the season and in two bubbles in Toronto and Edmonton, this played out eventually in Edmonton is where the Stanley cup final played out. 
the Lightning win it. Give me some perspective here on what they just accomplished in getting this done and getting Stanley Cup number two, if you would, please. Well, there's two things that really stand out to me. First is this is the second championship, as referenced by your hat that you're wearing. Um, They are the first team in the second wave of expansion. So from post-1991 on, they are the the second championship in that time. They're the only team that has won two championships in that time frame. So let's kind of put that in perspective. Yeah, I mean, the Blackhawks won those three in, in five years. That's sort of the modern dynasty age. But when you kind of put it in that perspective that, the Anaheim Ducks who have won a cup and, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes, even though they were Hartford, we kind of count that as a new wave of expansion, that kind of stuff. They've all won one cup. The Lightning have now won two, and that kind of gives you an understanding of, of how hard this trophy can be to win. And then the other part is it's just the culmination of what's gone on the last five years with this team, starting with that first playoff appearance in 2014. Like the story that you just pulled up there, this kind of encapsulizes all of this. From the sweep against Montreal in 14 to the cup appearance in 15, losing to Chicago in six games, blowing a 3-2 lead against Pittsburgh in the 16 conference finals, missing the playoffs in 17, blowing another 3-2 conference finals lead against Washington in 18, and then, of course, the historic sweep at the hands of Columbus last year after a record-setting regular season. The crescendo, if, if the journey makes the destination that much sweeter, I can't imagine how sweet this tastes for the Tampa Bay Lightning because of all the work and the close calls and the disappointments. Like, it's so weird to think about the Lightning had so much success but are considered a failure, right? Like, think about the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, they made four straight Super Bowls. They didn't win it. So what are they looked at? They're looked at as an ultimate loser even though they had a lot of success. And that's kind of the category Tampa Bay was putting itself into and to cap it off with a – Stanley Cup championship. It's just you feel good for so many of the people that have been involved with this franchise for the past five years. And no doubt about that. And you make reference, it's eerily similar to a different sport in college basketball. Uh, and the Lightning even brought this up that they drew some comparison, if not motivation, off of what the University of Virginia did in the NCAA tournament a year and a half ago. Remember, we wiped out everything in the March. Uh, NCAA tournament, much to my dismay and millions of others. So we're talking about March and April of 2019, where Virginia came back after having lost to a 16 seed as a one seed that had never happened before, humiliating for them. The core of their players, for the most part, came back the following year and won the whole thing. And here are the Lightning, as you mentioned, record-breaking regular season a year ago, and they get bounced on a sweep in the opening round by the eight seed. Now you come back in this bizarre set of circumstances and have to play the very same team, Columbus, and exercise the demons. They did, and it catapulted them to go on and play Dallas in the Stanley Cup final eventually and win. It is a very intriguing, juicy comparison, right, Eric? Absolutely. And there's a reason why the Lightning use has motivation. I mean, John Cooper, even, you know, he goes on with Scott Van Pelt. Uh, Van Pelt on ESPN after, and he's wearing the UVA hat. They brought a Virginia hat with them as a sort of motivation. And even Nikita Kucherov, okay? Nikita Kucherov, as Cooper said, knows nothing about college basketball, but he knows that story. I'm thinking he's not filling out a bracket every year, Kucherov. Uh, he's a Russian, well, but go ahead, yeah. He, he might just because, you know, the team does that. But, yeah, he has, he has no clue. It, it, it'd be like – you know, uh, a fifth grader filling out a bracket. Like it's, yeah, okay, uh, they're kind of cool names, whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it absolutely kind of gave them something to latch onto, something to think about. It's, there's no direct comparison, but yeah, when you're the first 
like Virginia was to be the first number one seed to get bounced in the first round. Well, guess what? The Lightning were the first President's Trophy winner to get swept in a postseason. We've seen President's Trophy winners get bounced in the first round before, but not getting swept. I mean, they, they tied an NHL record for wins in the season and didn't win one in the playoffs. It's just it's, – it, it's an embarrassing thing. It, like the, the organization was embarrassed. And to kind of bring how everything kind of came together this year – it would have been so easy for Julian Breezeball, the general manager, to emotionally react to that part of what happened at the end of last year. He didn't. It could have been easy to clean house with the coaching staff, uh, who was already, you know, John Cooper's already the longest tenured coach in the NHL, which is usually a target in NHL circles. Right. Um, you know, they didn't blow up the roster. They didn't say, okay, this isn't working. We have to get something new. They took a step back and just analyzed, okay, what do we need to do better? Where are the areas we can improve to get over this situation? And they did, right? And they, so they go out and they didn't change the way they played, but they changed the way they thought about the game. They took some of the risk out of their game. They were better defensively. They brought in a Pat Maroon. They bring in a Kevin Shattenkirk, the trade deadline acquisition. So all of that kind of brought it together to get to this moment that we saw on Monday night. Voice of Eric Erlinson. If you're only hearing us on Apple Podcast, on Spotify, on Google Podcast, or through the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of shows and their site, come find us on the YouTube page. See what the Lightning Insider looks like as well as sounds like. And I am plugging away for those on the YouTube uh, version of this that are seeing us through Three Dog Thursday, and Eric may be repurposing it and putting it on his site. You're seeing where to find Eric's podcast as well on Apple Podcasts, including right there for the audience that's watching us. There it is. How often can you have a podcast, Eric, with the title, Lightning Win the Stanley Cup? But there it is. Much less, I don't know that we're ever going to see this again. Lightning Win the Stanley Cup on September the 29th, because <laughs> usually it's a summertime thing. But that is, in fact, what happened. They won it on the 28th. The podcast debuted on the 29th. Uh, just uh, we cannot overemphasize how weird, how bizarre this all is, but somebody had to win it, and the Lightning go down in an all-time record book under the bizarre circumstances as the team that did win it. Their names are on the cup forever, just like the 04 guys, just like that guy uh, back there, LeCavalier, the captain. It, it doesn't have an asterisk from that standpoint. Their names go on the cup. Somebody had to win it. They won it. It's bizarre. We'll remember it for a long time, if not forever. We should be getting ready for the season opener next week. That's where we should be at. That's Literally. how crazy this is to think. I mean, they won a Stanley Cup when, when they should have been about a week and a half into, into preseason, into exhibition games. And so it is crazy, uh, but there's no doubt we will never forget where this championship was won. Hockey World will never forget where this championship was won and how it was won. You know, a lot of people were, were talking about, okay, whoever wins this year gets an asterisk because they had time off. No, the asterisk, if you're going to put one on there, it belongs because it was probably the hardest one to win because you go from September and you hit the pause button in March, you get four months off. Uh, a lot of guys weren't even skating at that point. And guys will tell you if they're off the ice for three or four days, they don't feel right. So to be off for five months like they were, uh, and then to get into the bubble situation. And this is something I don't know we'll ever truly get a, a good perspective on, no matter how many interviews or conversations we have with people that were involved, the mental aspect of it, waking up in basically the same environment for 64 straight days. They were shut off from the outside world in so many ways. The only thing they had to distract themselves was FaceTime with families or Call of Duty. You heard that a lot coming up. The guys were playing. They would have movie nights. They could go to Rico Coliseum in Toronto or Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton to kick a soccer ball around or play some spike ball. 
but you couldn't get away from the game. Like when you go on a normal run like this, you can have a dinner with your family after you went sure. around or you can, you can sort of uh, appreciate it a little bit. They didn't have that opportunity. So from a mental standpoint, this had to have been the hardest thing to do to get yourself ready for what were very, very intense playoff games. We didn't know when all this was put together, how the players would handle it, what would it look like, man, from television, watching the games, it looked and it felt like playoffs the entire way through, even though we know fans were not there. Uh, I give so much credit to these guys because they were just awesome in putting together quality quality entertainment quality hockey high level hockey and that's why i don't think we're ever ever going to forget the year 2020 stanley cup champion tampa bay lightning no doubt and credit the dallas stars they played hard they went through the same ordeal uh, of being cooped up in edmonton for 60 plus days and they got right to the stanley cup final and couldn't win it so they're going to be forgotten and cast aside in all of this so i did have a modicum a little small part of sympathy for the dallas stars but instead i'm in the bag for the tampa bay lightning again wearing the hat come find it there on the youtube of three dog thursday and i've got eric erlingson hanging hang out with me for just a few more moments he is the lightning insider lightninginsider.com and also the lightning insider podcast find that great insight uh, Eric, uh, with some 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat, uh, historical perspective, uh, great information on this team in these bizarre times. And yes, you're right. In the Tampa Bay area, all we could do was sit and watch like everybody else, 2,500 plus miles away in Edmonton, Canada, while all this unfolded. Now, at the time we're taping, you're going to go and cover uh, the championship celebration. So we should say to the fans, this is going on while we're taping. By the time the podcast airs and you see the video here, this will have already happened. So you're probably seeing some clips on the internet, et cetera. But Eric and I are envisioning a flotilla coming down uh, the Hillsborough Bay, down the parade route in towards downtown Tampa. And then they're going to make their way to the Buccaneers NFL Stadium, Raymond James Stadium, where they're going to play the Super Bowl because they can socially distance more people in that stadium and have the cup celebration. I just want to know, are you covering this on a flotilla? Do you have a personal watercraft <laughs> with a video camera and a microphone on the flotilla? How, I mean, this is going to be, it's unusual. It's 2020. Welcome to it. But now you're going to go cover the championship celebration, right? I, I need to maybe put in a call to Alex Kalorn and get one of his jet skis to kind of, <laughs> kind of go out on the water. If you um, don't know who that is, that's the lightning forward. And he became known as a social media star for riding around on his jet ski doing videos during the COVID shutdown when there was no hockey, including cruising up to the back of Tom and Giselle's place on Davis Island in Tampa and doing an impromptu interview with them, even, even with Tom Brady was saying hello uh, to him. So you're not going to borrow any of Kalorn's watercraft, but you might. You might be on the flotilla. You might be covering that. This is just, it's wild. It's different, right? Yeah, a boat parade. Who, who would have ever thought we'd have a championship with a, with a boat parade? But that's, that's what they're going to do. Um, I'm probably going to just go straight to the stadium, though, because uh, I can't imagine what the scene's going to be like down on the Riverwalk as people try and uh, get a glimpse of the players going by. And, and look, uh, of course, we're talking before this is happening. I guarantee you at some point Alex Colon will be on his jet ski uh, in the middle of this because that's what he does. And if anybody if, – like if you, the, what you're talking about there is called Doc Talk with Killer. So if people want to find that. Uh, he did it on Instagram, but there's other areas uh, that you can find it. So it's Doc Talk with uh, Alex Kalorn. Uh, but, yeah, the stadium is going to be pretty cool too. I, I guess they're limiting the number of people to about 16,000 that are going to be inside there. It's about, what, 20% of capacity. So, uh, But that'll be fun. It's, at least it's an opportunity. In, in this time that we're in 
for the team to celebrate with the fans because as I've referenced on a few things, including on the podcast, the fans are such a big part of this. Like they're part of the emotional journey and you think of uh, how ripped apart they were last year after what happened and the, and the hurt and suffering from a fan perspective that they had to go through. So it's great that Steven Stamkos has mentioned many times about what this means to the fans and this is their opportunity to at least celebrate it in some capacity in these crazy times with, with those who are there with them. And again, they've had piped-in crowd noise, and they had the fans on the Zoom in Toronto and Edmonton where you could see fans up on uh, video screens. And they even did a neat thing with the lightning with the distant thunder instead of just be the thunder, one of their slogans, uh, the distant thunder where they all autographed a pane of the plexiglass and had that there. But it's not the same of the human beings being around screaming 10,000, 20,000 strong. They all had to miss this. All the players had to miss feeding off of that. So there's been total disconnect from the fans. At least there's a reconnection for the Lightning uh, is a point uh, tonight for this championship celebration that they're going to do in advance of us debuting the podcast. couple more moments. Again, I'm totally in the bag for the Lightning. Uh, I'm wearing the 04 hat for the championship Stanley Cup. I got to get the 2020 version. Uh, I may get a new bobblehead. Uh, as well before it is over with. A couple more things we need to make mention. Okay, so to that point of being fans, I still remember the 04 Game 7 with Calgary being in what is now the Amelie Arena down in the lower level, and my wife and I and a friend of mine and my father, we're on the road with Jennifer Capriotti, the famous tennis player. She is there going berserk for the lightning on the goals and every shot and every everything. Uh, she was there with a bodyguard. We believe it was the bodyguard, not a boyfriend, whatever. He was humongous. He was a defensive lineman making sure nobody bothered her. She was cool. She was. Uh, it was just a great experience, obviously, to be there. And it's just unfortunate, Eric, that nobody got to experience that except just to watch on TV. We were all detached. Welcome to 2020. I just had to reminisce and tell a quick 2016 story about being there. And you were in the arena that night, too, but you were not next to a tennis legend, I don't think, that night. No, I think you got the better option is, uh, you know, Ira Kaufman was the guy uh, who I, I got said. Actually, it was probably, uh, I think it was Martin Fennelly was up there. And uh, <laughs> these look, are writers from the old Ira's Tampa always Tribune. Around. Yeah, yeah Ira's, Ira's always around, whether he's sitting next to you or not. As you know, TJ, Ira is always around. Uh, so you got the better choice of uh, company uh, for that night. But if like, you were <laughs> here, I'll do the Ira impression again if you're in this media. Braves, Braves. You're by Capriati. I need a picture. I'm a tennis guy. I need Capriati. I need a picture of Capriati. So you were around Ira up in the booth. I was around Hulk Hogan was down on the ice down below me carrying the Stanley Cup. It was bizarre. None of that went on on Monday night with the Lightning, but we're just, we're just telling some stories. We got one more thing before we get out of here, too. There is a great offer from one of our sponsors, Smack Apparel, and I'm going to show that to the audience as well. You've been promoting this on your podcast. You have been... Uh, publicizing it on lightninginsider.com. There they are, the Stanley Cup champion smack apparel shirts. We got the cup, the champions 2020. Stanley gets another tan. There we go from smack apparel and a special offer right now. What's the promo code that you've been utilizing on lightninginsider.com and your podcast, Eric? Yeah, so any Tampa Bay Lightning merchandise, any hockey merchandise with Tampa Bay on it at Smack Apparel, if you use the code LIGHTNING2020, that's LIGHTNING2020, is 20% off anything that they have in stock um, from Smack Apparel. And it's, uh, it's been great so far to, to work with these guys. And uh, it's a great, those are great colored shirts. Uh, we all know about the, uh, the 1 in 04, Stanley needs a tan. Uh, he got a tan. He's coming back 16 years later for a new one. 
And of course, the uh, I want to party like it's 04. They're partying right now like it's 04 as well. So go to Smack Apparel Lightning 2020. The promo code at checkout will give you the discount. And remember, you can only do that through smackapparel.com's website. If you see this shirt somewhere else, the We've Got the Cup shirt, but you're not buying it through smackapparel.com. Again, we're showing it to fans that are uh, seeing us on the YouTube page that the only way the promo code works is through smackapparel.com. So go utilize a promo code. And you've even got uh, an opportunity to give some away. They can go listen to your podcast. They can go on lightninginsider.com and you may be giving away a shirt or two here. So we need to tell fans in addition to buying them, they may be able to win uh, if they're with smackapparel.com. And we've got one more thing. This is like, my friend, I'm going to come back on the screen here for a second. This is like the Ginsu steak knives ads from the TV in the 80s late night. Now, how much would you pay? $29.95, $39.95. But wait, there's more. So we do. We have more here on this. And that includes something else that you have been working on. And I want the fans to see it. There it is. You have a commemorative book that is already out recapping the 2020 Stanley Cup win for the Lightning. This book, if it's not out right now, it's out shortly called Lightning Strikes, the Tampa Bay Lightning's Unforgettable Run to the Stanley Cup. You, you have a commemorative book. Tell me more. We're seeing it on the YouTube uh, video right now. I, it, it's crazy. Um, it's, it's through Triumph Books. I want to thank Triumph Books for reaching out to me and, and coming together with this partnership and uh, to, to put this book out. It, it's, it's an incredible turnaround. It was an incredible amount of work in a very short period of time to, to put this book together. Uh, it's being printed now as we speak right here. It uh, should be in the marketplace within a few days, uh, but you can, you can actually pre-order it as well. If you go to triumphbooks.com slash lightning win, you can find this book and pre-order it. It's $14.95 plus shipping. Uh, to send it to your house, uh, or you can actually, like, it'll be out in bookstores. It'll be in, you know, Walmart. It'll be in Publix. It'll be in other areas, too, uh, very, very shortly. But you can pre-order right now through Triumph Books. That's triumphbooks.com slash lightningwin. And I, I can't tell you how cool it is. I, like, I've written many, many things in my career, but to see it on a book cover, it's, uh, for the first time, it's pretty cool. All right, so again, Lightning Strikes is the book. They can get it on Amazon eventually. Just look for it in the marketplace, Barnes & Noble, not just local to the Tampa Bay area. If they are a displaced Lightning hockey fan, wherever, they can order this online, Triumph Books, as you mentioned, slash Lightning Win. They can engage with you on lightninginsider.com uh, and, and find a way to get to the book. Uh, again, I'll plug away not only the website that is right here, lightninginsider.com, to find more with Eric Erlinson, but the Lightning Insider podcast. Go subscribe to this podcast. That is on Apple Podcasts right there, wherever you get podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. But go subscribe to the podcast because as we come back on screen, Eric, oh, by the way, the offseason. There, there really is not going to be an offseason. Right. The, the Stanley Cup is over, and now they're going to start making moves, free agency, having to make decisions on roster and all of that. You're going to get like 60 hours off here, maybe 47, maybe three hours off, and you're back to work with the transactions and the offseason, right? It's absolutely crazy how quick this is going to be because you win a Stanley Cup championship on September the 28th, the draft is October 6th, so one week after uh, capturing the cup, the draft takes place. So you got round one on October 6th. Typically, two, it would be about a month, right? Or at least three weeks, something three like weeks. that. It's, it's a week. It's yeah, a week. You better be ready. 
it's crazy. Uh, so round two will be on October the 7th. Uh, of course, the Lightning don't have a first-round draft pick. They gladly paid those to bring in Barkley, Goodrow, and, and Blake Coleman. Um, so those guys are there. Uh, you know, they gave up the first-round draft picks to get them. Uh, but then the offseason starts, October 9th. So it's a week from we're talking – what day did we say it was? Thursday, Wednesday? I don't even know. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's Wednesday, and it's October 1st on Three Dog Thursday. So, yes, okay. it's, it's so, coming next week. Eight days later from when this podcast hits mm-hmm. your stream is the start of the offseason. So at noon, free agency opens, and the Lightning <laughs> are going to have a hard time keeping this roster together. In fact, they can't keep this roster together. You have to make changes because – Salary cap. The salary cap was going to go up to about $85 million, which would have been a, a big benefit to the Tampa Bay Lightning. It stays flat at 81.5. They're already close to the cap. You only have three defensemen signed for next year. That's Victor Hedman, Ryan McDonough, and Braden Coburn. You have to sign Mikhail Sergachev. You have to sign Anthony Sorelli, who finished fourth in the Selkie voting, which is unheard of for a guy still on his entry-level contract. You have to find ways to fit those guys in, and they don't have the cap space to do it right now. So Julian Breezeblaw. Boy, he started probably on the plane ride home from Edmonton trying to figure out what he's going to do for next year because this was always going to be a challenge. The day of reckoning Stanley salary cup wise or uh, salary cap wise was always going to come and it's smack dab right in front of him right now. And he's got his foot up for him. But if you're going to have those kind of problems, it's going to be after you won the Stanley cup. And so you at least get to celebrate. And right now we're in the celebration mode for the last two or three days. They celebrate first and then they have the reckoning on that. This guy is all about it with the Tampa Bay lightning. Good luck. Eric Erlinson with everything again, lightninginsider.com is the website. It is subscription based. There's occasionally some free things there, but it's subscription based. Get in there with the insider on that information. The podcast is free. Go find the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Lightning Insider Podcast, available wherever you get those. The commemorative book is coming out this weekend and or next week in bookstores, online, again, uh, through Triumph Books. It is the uh, it is the commemorative book for the t- 2020 Tampa Bay Lightning uh, Stanley Cup Bizarre Resumption and Win. Uh, read all about it through Eric Erlinson's writing, his podcasting, all of it. I could do, as you could tell, audience, I could probably do this for another 30 minutes, but I know we got to go. Eric, great job with all of this. Keep plugging away. Try to get like at least 57 more minutes of sleep in the next day or two <laughs> in and around the championship celebration and the book coming out. And thank you for hanging on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Thanks, TJ. It was uh, fun to be back with you and uh, to talk some hockey. It's great. I love the hat, by the way. I don't think I have one of those hats. I have a championship, uh, conference championship hat. I have to go find that, but I'm going to have to go find uh, – I might have to buy a 2020 championship hat now. They are outstanding. Yeah, we got to get those. we got to get the new stuff. I got the old stuff. Eric, great job. Thank you. Three Dog Thursday does roll on. Stay with us. Well, as we do continue along, as promised, I love talking to this guy whenever we get the chance. He's a busy man right now with the NFL on CBS. Hello, Charles Davis, part of the call this week with Ian Eagle for Buccaneers hosting Chargers. Good to see you again, and good to have you hanging out here on the Three Dog Thursday podcast, sir. It's great to see you again, TJ, and uh, we're all busy this time of year, and aren't we lucky that we are? I mean, we are very happy that we're all working and having a chance to see football and be a part of it. So uh, whatever accommodations need to be made, you know we're going to make them to be, be out there doing that. That's for sure. It's great to see you. Great to see your smiling face. 
Yes, and uh, and Charles and I go back a while and love commiserating on all things football. It's great that we do have a football season, that's for sure. And looky here, you have a new partnership with Iron Eagle starting this season on CBS. Look at those smiling faces, socially distanced uh, yeah. in the CBS booth. Plexiglass, uh, uh, plexiglass uh, uh, there. I got the little plexiglass, and I've had to work with the plexiglass as well on Buccaneers uh, coverage and some national radio coverage with Tiki Barber. But you guys looking good there. I believe that's in Chicago. Uh, yeah. Last week, you had Pittsburgh and Houston, which turned out to be a very interesting game. What's it been like to be with Ian and to, and to crank things up with CBS here? Well, it's been terrific to be with him. I think that anyone who's, a, who's an analyst in NFL football, if you have a chance to work with Ian Eagle, your career is, is better. Um, I was fortunate that I was with Kevin Burkhart before, before that with Gus Johnson, you know, before that with Tom Brenneman, Dick Stockton. I, I mean, how lucky have I been along the way, the people that I've had a chance to work with and stand next to. But uh, it doesn't get better than Iron Eagle, that's for sure. And I am a really fortunate guy that this is how it's, how it's worked out for me. And our, our partner on the sidelines, Evan Washburn, is as good as it gets as well. So, you know, when I say fortunate, when I say lucky, I actually mean it. You know, these aren't just words for me. And uh, I'm really proud to be with them and hope that I can get up to speed and get onto their level sooner rather than later because they've been doing it really well for a long time. Love that. Uh, all right, so the Chargers and the Buccaneers this week, you know, I mean, everybody knows that's that's part of Three Dog Thursday and the podcast where I'm in the bag for the Bucs. There's the hat that's there on that. Uh, Buccaneers, much better the last couple of weeks in wins over Carolina and Denver. You've been analyzing the tape. What stands out about the Bucs real quick? What do you see? Well, I think that what you just said, much better in the last couple of weeks, and really should we be surprised? You know, we have that with a number of teams. And I started the season thinking the word continuity was a big deal in the early season, in the early going. And we've seen that. Teams that have their established people back, coaching staff intact. So Kansas City, Baltimore, you know, just go right on down the line. These teams have been pretty darn good in the early going. Not a major surprise because they might have had a little bit of a jump. Tampa. Well, there's a lot that was continuity, coaching staff and all that, but you've changed quarterbacks, you're bringing in Gronk, you're doing all these other things. No preseason, no joint training camps. Well, look at Tom Brady over the first three weeks, right? He's still Tom Brady, but what a jump from week two to week three when you look at the numbers. No interceptions, quarterback rating goes sky high again, all these things. Now, you and I both know that's been a big part of it. The other part is, as Bruce Arians is so eloquently ex uh, expressed, Tom Brady was just the icing on the cake. He's a cherry on top because the defense was the key for us. And, boy, is that defense played awfully well, and those words are not hollow. Those aren't just words from B.A. Keeping that defense intact was a priority, and it has paid off in a big way because right now not many people blocking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, so let's pick up on that point where this guy that we're now seeing on the screen, Shaq Barrett, uh, very impressive last week with his first two sacks, had a safety in the game at Denver, kind of a homecoming for him. Again, Buccaneers loaded on the front seven with Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul on the outside. Uh, Indomitong Sue and Vita Vea, the former number one pick on the inside, and two great linebackers in Devin White and Levante David, one of the best-kept secrets in the NFL, playing linebacker for this team. Again, when you watch the Bucs and you see not just Barrett pass rushing, but those guys making plays the last couple of weeks, 
Give me a thing or two that you've honed in on as you get ready to work this game. Well, you've mentioned Levante David. Why he's a secret is, is beyond me. He's been playing awfully well for a long time. He probably – well, not probably. He doesn't get enough credit. And a part of that has been the, the record of the Buccaneers during the time he's been there. You know, not enough playoff appearances, not enough national TV appearances, not enough for people like you and me on a national scale to be able to hype him where the masses hear about it. So that goes into part of it. But now this year, he'll be discovered. We, he will. The thing that I really have locked in on, you mentioned all of the, the, the pass rushers. It's been two things. Last year, the coverage on the back end, it struggled at times, right, to be charitable about the whole thing. That's been a lot better. I, I'm hoping Sean Murphy Bunting can go this week at corner. I'm not sure he will, but Jamel Dean played well for him last year. He'll jump into the fray if he has to. Carlton Davis has really elevated himself out on the corner. But up front, all the pass rushers, terrific. But I think that Ndamukong Sue and Vita Vey inside have made all the rest of them better because the occupation you have to have with that inside bull pass rush, which drives quarterbacks crazy. Yeah, coming off the edge, no one wants to see it. But that pressure in the middle, that gut pressure in their face, that drives them crazy. And look, we can go back to Tom Brady's time in New England. And if we put some truth serum in him and ask him about the Super Bowl against uh, Seattle, I think the biggest thing he would say was the injury to Cliff Averill in that ball game and change that inside pass rushing pressure. I think that was a big deal for them. Okay. Because if that doesn't change, I don't think New England's even in a position for the big play by Malcolm Butler, but that tells you what the, how big that pressure is on the inside for guys and Bay and, Su and Sue have made all the rest of those pass rushers better. To your point, I had Rondé Barber on, a, on another podcast on the Buccaneers uh, Nothing But Bucks podcast this week, and he said, hey, you don't even have to ask Warren Sapp. He has just volunteered this for 20 years. The only reason why I got all those interceptions is because of Sapp in the middle of the pass rush of the defense creating pressure and, and helping the quarterback throw it to the other team. Again, you're hearing from Charles Davis, the NFL on CBS, Chargers and Buccaneers this week. He's with Ian Eagle every week uh, on that network. Another moment or two with him I want to ask you one more about the Bucks, then I'll sneak in one about the Chargers this guy uh, that would be Rob Gronkowski tell me a little more last week I mean he embraced the whole uh, early criticism <laughs> about he's only blocking he's blocking. not catching and so he kept saying as a blocking tight end he came in in the media saying as a blocking tight end as a blocking tight end so everybody now has just started calling him Charles a blocking tight end and hey blocking tight end <laughs> Well, he was a pass-catching tight end last week. What about the fit for Gronk? What did you see on the tape watching this game? He had six catches last week against Denver. What about it? Well, he, he, he's back. When I say he's back, all right? We'll see as we continue on because coming off of a year off, I thought it would do wonders for his body, and I think that it has in terms of rest, rehabilitation, gives him that extra enthusiasm to go out there. But he still had to round back into form. And the way this offense is designed, and Bruce Arians, head coach, has talked about it, you know, we, we throw outside more than we throw inside. Well, here's a chance now, and Gronk is going to be Gronk. But, you know, I think the person who's going to benefit from Gronk being Gronk is not just the guys on the outside when Godwin comes back healthy and Mike Evans and, and, and Scooter, the Scooter himself, Scotty Miller. I think that O.J. Howard is going to benefit as another tight end. And, and now that ability – to get downfield that we've seen from O.J. Howard, why he was drafted, why I'm firmly convinced on draft night his year that the Buccaneers were going to take a running back. I still think Joe Mixon was going to be the selection. 
But Howard came free, and they had a higher grade on their board, and they couldn't turn it down once they realized there was no other reason. I think he's going to continue to find a way to fashion more of those big plays we've seen with he and Brady downfield. So I think that that comes into it. And Gronk, look, he can embrace all that blocking all he wants, and he does it very, very well. But at some point, he's going to continue to make those, those Gronk plays downfield and get in the end zone and get a Gronk spike again. So I expect that to happen sooner rather than later. Targeted six times last week, six catches last week as well. And it's work in progress. And they didn't have preseason, et cetera. He's off a year retirement. We'll see how it goes for Gronkowski. Final moment or two here, the Chargers. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, we don't know at the time that we're talking whether he can play or not. We know Justin Herbert, the rookie from Oregon at quarterback, got hurt in the game last week. So they're a bit banged up. They did play with Herbert playing well right with the Chiefs into overtime. They didn't play particularly well in a loss last week. What do you expect out of the Chargers real quick for this matchup? I expect renewed enthusiasm and attention to detail for the, to, for the task. Because I think you nailed it, TJ, very, very well. What they did against Kansas City, well, who's not going to get up for the defending Super Bowl champs, even when your quarterback, you find out you can't, he can't play right before kickoff. And give Justin Herbert a ton of credit in how he played. Uh, hey, Rook, you're in. What, what? <laughs> and he handled that way better. I mean, most of us would have been back there looking for, you know, not only are you in, but the starter is going to the hospital. So you're yeah. playing. You're and in you're for the playing. rest of the game. It's not, it's not just go in while we get his shoelace repaired, okay? You're <laughs> in. You're staying in, all right? And he handled it really, really well. I think people got to see a little bit more of the personality of Justin Herbert. But the second part is attention to detail. When you look back at the errors they made in the Carolina game, I, as you said, they, did, they weren't nearly as good in that game. It's a team they should have handled and beat at home. But they had three turnovers, really four when you count, I guess, the, the, the botched hook and ladder. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, you, when you look at the Jerry Tillery lining up incorrectly on a field goal attempt over the center, which that rule's been in place for a few years now, they kicked the field goal, the penalty, they took the point up board, scored a touchdown the next play. Jo- Joey Bosa jumping off sides on a third and short gave him a first down. They still only kicked the field goal, but they ate up another three minutes on the clock. He's had a lot of jump off sides this year, things of that nature. Their defense is very good, still really talented, even without Derwin James, but they haven't taken the ball away. I had Houston last week, TJ. They had had zero takeaways coming into that game, and I think they left Pittsburgh with zero takeaways. That's not going to help you on defense. They held, they, they held Carolina five field goals. That's supposed to be how you win games in the NFL. So the offense obviously has to score more. But this defense, they can't let people drive it, and they've got to find a way to create takeaways. And, of course, Tampa Bay is well aware of that. All right. It is the Bucks and the Chargers. Charles Davis on the call with Ian Eagle and Evan Washburn all over uh, Florida, all over California and wherever else. Sunday ticket, wherever else you're seeing the NFL, you'll see him on the call in that game. I know you got to run. Thank you for hanging on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. You're a busy man. Thank like you, Charles you. Davis. Great stuff. I appreciate it, sir. Thanks for having me. I'm no busier than you. You know how that goes, and it's really great to see you. My best to your beautiful family. Look forward to seeing Charles Davis this weekend. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. Oh, we're rolling on, and I got the video roundtable back up and back going again, and a couple of my faves are joining the show. Again, if you're only hearing us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, find the show via YouTube and the YouTube uh, link, social media link, on YouTube for Three Dog Thursday. 
Here they are. I am a bit disappointed, first of all, that Colby Dant is with me. Not that he's with me. I'm not disappointed in that. But he's not in the bandana with the glasses and the hat, the Washington State <laughs> Cougar hat like last time, in the parking lot of a bank trying to get change made. That was a big-time standard for you to live up to. I just have, like, regular Colby, uh, yeah. the college experience host on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and I'm fine with that. I'm just saying last time, big, big, big time appearance on the uh, on the podcast. Cole. I was trying to spice it up, man. But, you know, I'm in Los Angeles. They still haven't opened everything. I was looking for a bowling alley or something. But, you know, <laughs> had to settle with uh, what we what, what we got here, you know. Yeah, you do. You, you, you clean up well. Deshaun Tate is also with me in Atlanta. And there's nobody that knows more than Tate's take on the hoops, college, and NBA. And we got the NBA finals going on. How are you, Deshaun Tate? Man, appreciate you for having me, TJ. I'm, um, I was going to ask you if that was a trick question. You know I'm in my element. So if it's 94 feet long, 50 feet wide, 23 feet and one and one quarter inches out on the perimeter, it must be NBA Finals. So I think I'm ready. I've got the napkin wrapped around my neck at this point. <laughs> well, and if there's anybody that can shoot the three, it's my man Deshaun here ready to talk some Lakers and some, and some heat. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment or two. Now, Colby is big into the college football and the college experience. That is the name of his podcast. And I'm going to share the screen immediately here because you dudes went all in uh, at least a couple of years ago on Mike Leach. And my Lord, Colby, did they pull off the upset of the weekend talking of underdogs. Great win at LSU. You guys were all over it. There's Leach in the background. What a victory yeah. to open things up as a 16-point underdog. Tell me more, please, real quick. Yeah, we were on that. I actually got that when they were an 18-point underdog. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, my thing is, like, I've always thought he's the best coach when it comes to X's and O's, and that's kind of how we became friends with the guy was I wrote an article a few years ago about uh, how I thought he was the best coach when it came to X's and O's. And it was funny because when that happened, a bunch of SEC fans on Twitter, when I released that article, they, they all started coming at me. Air Ray would never work in the SEC, <laughs> right? And I'm like, oh, all it took was one game to destroy all your records. All your records, you know what I mean, from a passing standpoint. But, uh, but yeah, man, we're thrilled. We're thrilled, you know, obviously uh, Mississippi State fans because, uh, you know, Coach Leach invited us up to Wazoo last year when we were, uh, when we were covering them when, when he was with Wazoo. And we were going to go to Mississippi State before COVID hit, so now I just got to sit back and enjoy the Bulldogs from, from a television point of view. So, but, yeah, that was awesome. What a debut. And a Stanford quarterback in K.J. Costello, who I don't – did he throw for 600 yards his career? His career at Stanford. Yeah. And he threw for 600 yards in his debut at LSU, excuse me, last yeah, week. I mean, look, wow. I, thought they could, I thought they could upset him based off of – I thought this, the talent – you know, a lot of people were coming out and saying – Hey, when Leach's first year at Texas Tech and his first year at Wazoo, you know, they were, they were really bad. And, and I, I said, but, yeah, those teams had no talent. You look at this Mississippi State team, and they have talent. They have – that running back is going to be in the NFL. Uh, they got a really good linebacker that's going to be in the NFL. So, like, I thought they had a chance. Now, I didn't think they'd throw for 630 yards against LSU – but, uh, you know, I thought they would succeed. I thought they had a good shot at, at, at basically pulling off the upset. And it did happen, and the defending champs were beaten and beaten soundly in that one. All right, so we got plenty of college football. I'm going to circle back to Colby to make a couple of underdog predictions. But I've kept Deshaun waiting here for about 90 seconds, and he is salivating to talk Lakers and Heat. Mr. Tate's take from an underdog standpoint. 
We don't know what is, what is going to happen or has happened in game one, depending on when they're seeing us. So Miami, again, an underdog in game one. They will be an underdog throughout this series in the bubble in Orlando. What kind of chance do the, do the Heat have to prolong this or maybe threaten Miami? What do you think? To prolong it, I think they have a good one, TJ. I mean, when you start talking about going up against the Lakers team who hasn't, uh, whose games haven't gone beyond, you know, five in a series, uh, they have a really good chance of winning two. I think that the consensus will probably agree that they'll win two games. I don't think this is a thing that's going to go seven by any stretch of the imagination. The Lakers will certainly be in a lot of trouble if that is the case. That's one of their biggest issues at the, is that they have to kind of keep their foot on the gas. We've seen them kind of give it up from time to time in terms of big leads or not really closing games out in a sound manner uh, when they were messing around with Denver a little bit too much and things got a little bit scary and kind of shaky for them for that standpoint. A lot of people are comparing this particular finals and series to the one in 2004 where you had the Lakers who were looking really stout with Peyton and Shaq and Kobe and Carl Malone against my bad boys Detroit Pistons team. So I'm not sure I'll go so far to call that kind of an upset, although I do really believe that they can win two games very easily. Uh, again, you may know whether or not uh, the, the Heat pulled an upset in game one. We keep preaching this, though. Just because you win game one doesn't mean you're going to win the series upset or even if the Lakers were to win game one. I will tell the audience again, remind you that all the way back at the beginning of the podcast, Brian Edwards, our senior handicapper from uh, Brian Edwards Sports and Vegas Insider, took the Heat to win the series outright. He believes they will win in six or seven games. Can I, can, I eat up, can I eat up on some of that, TJ? Please, please man. I Colby's shaking of, his head. Colby I want to get some of my LA. bills paid. I want right. to get some of my bills paid. Maybe. Colby is shaking <laughs> his head out in L.A. I know they can't fathom that LeBron and AD would lose this series right now out there in L.A., but, again, it's in a bubble. You're not traveling. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen, Colby D? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I took you – know, this sounds bad, you know, but I'm saying when, when – when Kobe's, you know, accident happened, the first thing I thought was there's no way the NBA is not going to let the Lakers win the championship. So I took a future on the Lakers to win a championship then. You know, I mean, it sounds, it sounds bad, but I just think they're too good also, obviously. Coming into the right. season prior to Kobe's accident, I still thought they had a very good chance. But when that happened, I was like, dude, everyone's heart goes with the Lakers right now. You know, if, if not, there's something wrong with you. And look, I grew up, I grew up on the East Coast hating the Lakers. Right. So it's like well, that, that Kobe thing. I don't know how anyone couldn't be, you know, really upset about that. And so I just think there's no way the Lakers don't. I mean, may, may, maybe they lose a game or two in the series, but I'm saying TJ, they're going to win the series. I think. Go ahead, Sean. Can, can I throw something out there at you? I don't know if Kobe has been living in my brain or when, when, when I'm asleep at night, if he's sneaking into my apartment and looking through my notes. I said the exact same thing verbatim about the unfortunate passing of Kobe Bryant. Yeah. I just really, especially because the Lakers have the team to actually do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's just funny that Kobe even brings that up. I guess great minds think alike, well, I suppose. And keep in mind, we got to keep everything in perspective because 2020 right now seems like it has been three years in one. That was earlier this calendar year. And you just wondered emotionally how it was going to help the Lakers or hurt the Lakers. And then we had a total COVID shutdown of all of sports. It went away for the NBA for four months. But you know right now that within that organization, they want to do this for his memory. They want 2020 to be a championship year for his memory. So you guys bring up a good point that from an inspirational standpoint, 
3,000 miles to the east in Orlando, away from L.A., they still want to do this for the legend of Kobe Bryant. So you, and, you bring up a, both you guys bring up a great point. And not only that, but even on top of that, when you start looking at 2009 Kobe versus 2020 LeBron, both of them beat Houston out in the second round to go to the, to the conference uh, championship. They both beat Denver, and now there's a good chance that, that LeBron can join Kobe in winning his fourth world championship in Orlando. So I guess for those who believe in that type of stuff, I guess that, that that's just a little bit more. Maybe insane. it will line up. Here's what I believe in. I believe in underdogs on this podcast. And we got to get back to a couple of college football underdogs. Colby has been just rubbing the hands like over the open flame here to get after it on an underdog or two. Give me one, Mr. College Experience Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows. Give me an underdog, please. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you the first one that I truly like the best is the Charlotte 49ers. If they play, they've, 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 they've had their games canceled the past two or three weeks with COVID. Um, but I like this team. I think Will Healy's a great coach, and I think he's got this program. You know, they're, they're out of the Conference USA. A lot of people were like, who's Charlotte? Who's this? But uh, <laughs> uh, they, they just started their football program in the past 10 years, and, and uh, Will Healy uh, came over from Austin P. and I think he's doing a great job. Took him to a bowl in his first year a season ago. They had never been to a bowl. Playing Florida Atlantic, who, who uh, you know, bringing in Willie Taggart, who was with Florida State, and even though uh, I actually think Taggart got a little bit of a bad rap because I think Jimbo Fisher started that fire, I, I still think coming in, brand-new coach with a COVID season, you don't get a lot – they haven't played a game yet. They had some games canceled. takes time to implement your offense, your defense. I like Charlotte that's already had that installed. Um, so give me Charlotte on the money line. They're a seven-point dog. Opened up at nine, but I, I think they're a seven-point dog currently. So you like that one. And again, I already took a couple of underdogs before you came on here. I like Texas Tech at Kansas State, which they'll be talking about on the College Experience podcast. I also like Boston College at home getting a bunch of points with North Carolina. North Carolina was supposed to play Charlotte. Uh, and because of the COVID outbreak for Charlotte, they didn't play that game. North Carolina hasn't played in three weeks since the opening game win with Syracuse. Let's see how they do in an ACC road game with Boston College. Colby, do you have another college underdog that you like real quick? Well, I mean, do you want to go small play or big play? Because if you want to go big give me, play. I, give me big. Go big, brother. Go big. Go. I think it's not crazy to think that South Carolina can pull the upset in Florida. I got, and, and, and I, I list my – they're 18 – I think they're an 18-point dog currently. That's correct. Um, here's my angle, too. You saw even South Carolina, they won four games a season ago, but they did knock off Georgia in Athens. So they're capable. Will Muschamp also fired by the University of Florida, I, right? <laughs> they got their heart broken last week. They stopped Tennessee to get the ball back with, a, with about a minute left. And, and it looked like they potentially the, the offense was hot, so they were ready to get back on the field. But uh, they, they punted, Tennessee punted, and, and South Carolina fumbled the punt, so the offense never got back on. I like their grad transfer quarterback, Colin Hill. And, look, everyone's on Florida – saying, oh, man, Kyle Trask looked great. And he did. He threw six touchdowns against Ole Miss. I'm not taking that away from him. But right. Ole Miss, I, it was someone that I had circled as they're a pretty bad defense, right? Well, I think 24 or something to uh, Tennessee. But I thought Muschamp, that's a specialty defense. And I think he's got a little something extra going, uh, going against the team that fired him. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they won outright. Or if that's How about a ball that? Game in the He's calling that one in the Sunshine State here, which there are a lot of Gator fans that would be, wow, 
if uh, if that one comes through. That's the voice of Colby Dan. If you're only hearing us on the Three Dog Thursday podcast, find the show via YouTube off the Three Dog Thursday YouTube page, a social media link, our partners with Sports Gambling Podcast, their website, their network of shows do a great job promoting us. And I want to promote these guys as well. You can find Colby Dant. Uh, I'm sharing the screen again here on the video. Find the college experience. There it is. There's the podcast. You're seeing it on video. Subscribe via Apple Podcast. And, and check out the college experience. Uh, he is Pick Dundee. I love that nickname from the old Crocodile Dundee movies in the 80s. He's Pick Dundee. Do you do it with an Australian accent, though, mate? On, I mean, on making the picks. I'm horrible. I'm horrible. You're, hor- I'm you're horrible. Charlotte 49ers, mate, uh, for, the, for the college experience. There's the podcast. There's that info. While we're plugging away, you're also hearing the voice of Deshaun Tate. Tate's Take is the podcast. Tate's Take Hoops is the Twitter handle. There it is. And Deshaun, you had Rob Parker on this week, one of the uh, premier voices on Fox Sports Radio, longtime NBA guy out of the Detroit market and the LA market. They can go hear the interview with Rob Parker, an extended conversation about the NBA, the NBA playoffs, et cetera, on Tate's Take. There it is right there on the video screen. If you're finding us on YouTube, go subscribe, find the podcast. Uh, As Deshaun and I often joke, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your relatives, tell everybody. Go find the podcast. Correct, Deshaun? That would absolutely be correct. I couldn't have said it better myself, TJ. All right. So again, these guys have been hanging with me on Three Dog Thursday. Uh, neither one of them are buying that the Heat can pull the upset. We'll find out what happens uh, with that overall in the series. They might win a game or two. We'll find out. And the college experience, you guys pick every game for college football on sportsgamblingpodcast.com, and you talk about virtually every game on the podcast, right? Yeah, college football and college basketball. Anything D1, we, we handicap every single game. We've been doing it for a while, so... Three years of doing it, we've all been over 50% picking every game and uh, over 50% with our locks. So How about that? Out. So Deshaun's got to wait for Michigan State football, but you see the basketball over his right shoulder. He is sparty through and through. And we had no March Madness and we had no Final Four, but we hope to get some college basketball later in the year. Dude, yeah. you did a great job on the Roundtable podcast. Uh, let's see what happens with the finals. Let's see what happens with the college football underdogs. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you hopping on the YouTube Roundtable with me. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for having me, TJ. I really appreciate it. There goes Colby Dant from the College Experience. Deshaun Tate, Tate's Take the Podcast. We roll on on Three Dog Thursday. Brian Edwards rejoining me straight ahead with some more NFL talk. Stay with us. And we are back in one more time here with our senior handicapper, BrianEdwardsSports.com, Vegas Insider. We mentioned earlier, I know we've had a lot of guests in between, this man seven for seven, not just underdogs, but seven for seven on all of his picks uh, at BrianEdwardsSports.com. Uh, they, they will want to listen to these NFL comments and earlier your college comments. You went three for three on underdogs. He had last week the Cincinnati Bengals and that ugly tie with the Philadelphia Eagles. He also had the Packers and their outright win Sunday night football with the Saints for Three Dog Thursday purposes. So kudos. Bravo to you. And we're ready to talk a little NFL uh, for this weekend. Uh, and where do you want to begin for Three Dog Thursday purposes here? Uh, what, what do you like? What's on the board here that stands out to you? Uh, I like the Patriots plus seven at KC. The Chiefs are on a short week after playing and getting a big, big win on Monday Night Football. And the Pats 
uh, in the last decade, going back to 2010, as a road underdog, they are 10 and four against the spread with nine outright wins. This is this is their richest underdog spot since the season opener of 2016, when Tom Brady was serving the four game uh, suspension. Mm. I, I think Cam Newton has just been uh, fantastic. You know Belichick will have a, a really good game plan uh, or, or as good a one as you can formulate for uh, attempting to de- defend uh, the great Patrick Mahomes. And uh, I just like how New England's playing. Uh, covered for me last week. And uh, I think the Pats, I mean, look, just pretty much in general, uh, anytime Belichick is catching seven, I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's it. rare. Well, it's rare, and and you'll and look. Newton has been solid, but he hasn't been involving the receivers down the field as much. It's Edelman some of the time, you know, an occasional pass to a Nikhil Henry or something like that. Let's see if Kansas City's defense, which really put it on Lamar Jackson and company for most of that game the other night, comes strong here. Home game at Arrowhead. They will have some fans there, socially distanced, ten thousand, twelve thousand, something like that for Kansas City in an afternoon game with the Patriots getting. The seven points for three dog thursday purposes i talked a lot with charles davis earlier in the podcast about buccaneers and chargers the chargers get seven in that one in tampa bay i would stay away from that the buccaneers appear especially with their defense to be swarming people you got uh issues with the chargers at quarterback buccaneers brian edwards 11 sacks and six takeaways the last two weeks so let's just see uh, if the Chargers can handle the defense as much as anything from Tampa Bay, much less Brady, Gronkowski, Mike Evans on offense. I like another, we're talking a lot of AFC West, I like another AFC West team as my underdog for Three Dog Thursday purposes. The Raiders, off that loss to the Patriots, come all the way back home and play the Bills. The Bills got a gift. It's not Christmas yet, but they got a Christmas gift from the officials on a controversial fourth down call. They were winning big. The Rams, they were up 28-3. to The Rams came back and actually uh, had a chance to win the game late, but the Bills scored uh, the last second field goal on a controversial fourth down pass interference call that kept it alive for them to win it with a field goal. Now the Bills go all the way west to Vegas. The Raiders are angry. The Raiders getting three points at home against Josh Allen, who I think they're going to pressure. I like Vegas here as the home doggy. They're one of the few home dogs that's on the NFL slate for this week. I'll take Las Vegas, Brian Edwards, just real quick, and Gruden to bounce back. Uh, yeah, there you go. Now, we'll see. You know, they had the uh, the reports of, uh, you know, Derek Carr and, and all those guys not wearing masks at some public event. Um, I don't know if there's going to be anything coming to that. I, right. I don't think there's going to get disciplined or anything, maybe a fine or something. But um, yeah, that's, that's no big deal. I don't know. I'm and you got to be but, careful. Uh, yeah, you got to be careful of the positive COVID test because we've already seen that with the Tennessee Titans and their game as we're taping right now is postponed and they're trying to figure out can they play it Monday? <laughs> uh, can they play it uh, with the Steelers on Tuesday maybe? When can they play it? So fluid situation with that. And you're right. The players have got to be smarter. Uh, being at being at parties and not having that. masks and stuff, yeah. Uh, two things on that. Uh, my goodness, I hope they get this game in. I would hate because I'm heavily invested on Pittsburgh season win total over nine and a half. I wouldn't want it to be like college 
where you know if you have a, a lightning storm or a hurricane and you don't play your whole your <laughs> rest whole assured play. let me uh, say to you and the audience they will find a way to get this game made up even I if they're playing so. it next tuesday just stand by we'll see what I, happens I think, yes i think i think so too and i'll add that if the steelers are underdogs in that game i will like the steelers well, we will find out what happens with that and see how it totals up. And again, a couple of interesting other Sunday games uh, to keep an eye on. Seattle coming all the way east to play Miami. They already did that and won earlier this year. They're always so good in the early games in the Eastern time zone. Pete Carroll and company off the great win over the Cowboys. Um, and again, the uh, Sunday night game has the 0-2-1 Eagles against the limping 49ers who won the two games against the bad New York team. So that one will be a game that most of the country will see uh, on that. All right, so there we go with the NFL and with all the underdogs. Brian Edwards, tell them how and where they find all your stuff with all your picks, not just the underdog picks, sir, as we're closing it out. Yeah, um, uh, again, like you mentioned, I appreciate it. 7-0 in the NFL uh, last week, and I'll have a lot of NFL picks this weekend on BrianEdwardsSports.com. You can also find them on uh, VegasInsider.com, and you follow me on Twitter at Vegas. B. Edwards, thanks for having me. TJ, as always, have a great weekend. Good luck with your picks and your audience. Good luck with your play. There we go, Brian. Thank you so much. Busy show. My thanks to all of our guests, including Charles Davis from the NFL on CBS. Uh, and his call upcoming of the Buccaneers and the Chargers, Eric Erlinson, the Tampa Bay Lightning insider. The Lightning have a Stanley Cup. Brian Edwards, they're celebrating for hockey Stanley Cup. Check out Eric's site at lightninginsider.com and his podcast. And thanks also to Deshaun Tate and Colby Dant on the YouTube roundtable, talking underdogs, NBA finals, and much more. And my man, Brian Edwards, a senior handicapper. I'm merely TJ Reeves. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Whether you found us on sportsgamblingpodcast.com or their network of shows, subscribe away. It comes automatically to you. It is Three Dog Thursday. Enjoy the games. Good luck with your underdogs. Bye.